On the 14th of November 2013, the BBC dropped The Night of the Doctor onto its YouTube channel, giving us the unexpected return of Paul McGann as the Doctor. Myself and my friends Tom Harris and David Steele recorded a podcast last year for The Power of Three and as part of one episode we had a look at many episodes of Doctor Who including The Night of the Doctor. What you're about to hear is an edited version of that episode where we talk about Night of the Doctor so we're doing our own little bit to celebrate it at Pieces of Eighth by rehashing The Power of Three. Yes, I know, it's a bit lazy, but hey, it's handy. Enjoy. And that jarring mix of themes old and more recent tells you that you're listening to the Power of Three podcast where three lifelong, grumpy, middle-aged Doctor Who fans discuss, enthuse and occasionally criticise the televised, novelised and audio adventures of our favourite time-travelling hero. Hello from me, Tom Harris, and hello from my two co-conspirators. Say hello, Davey. Hi there, I'm David Steele, and I should be taking it easy not bounding around like some megalithian slime skimmer. And say hello, Kenny Smith. Hello from Kenny Smith. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, good whenever. It's an unusual episode this time because we're looking at bite-sized Doctor. What do we think of this kind of fashion for short 10-15 minute length adventures? Do they generally work or do you need a, a longer adventure to put the context in? I think they're a good idea. I think it shows that sometimes, I mean we all know from the classic series that some stories were pretty much a two-episode or in some cases strung out to six episodes or a four-episode or pulled into six or that kind of um, exaggeration. But sometimes shorts can be sweet and having these bite-sized stories is great for me. I quite enjoy them. The fact that they're a change from the norm where you pretty much tell the story in whatever time it takes rather than being forced to to fill your 25-minute or 45-minute slot to extend them beyond their natural life. So with these short ones, you can tell the story and whether it takes five minutes, seven and a half minutes, ten minutes, you're there, you're done. And hopefully having a wee bit of a laugh along the way as well. Isn't the opposite problem the case though? That if, if in the classic series they stretched out stories beyond their natural lifespan to say six episodes, with the shorter ones isn't there a risk that you're doing the opposite? You're compressing an awful lot of story into too short a space. More than anything else, these things, these the shorter mini episodes, they're just they're just a little extra. They're not really in all case, I think don't really think in any other cases really that they're that weighty that they need. You know, they're only dealing with you know sides. They're literally just you know to, to use a horribly overused Doctor Who phrase. They're just little cutaways. You know, they're just sort of you know. Meanwhile, you know while this is going on, I, yeah. I don't think like, that there's you know there's been quite a few released on DVD box sets as well as the ones that we're going to talk about and obviously there's been a couple of other ones that we're not going to talk about today but we'll maybe we do, we'll maybe do eventually and they're just little you know they're they're like little DVD bonus features really aren't they they're just a little extra and I don't yeah. think I think I think the simplicity is the strength in a lot of the cases that you know and the vast majority of them have, have been 
attention grabbers for on, on ch TV charity nights. So it's you know they're they, they I think they I think they fill their function pretty well. Okay, let's crack on. So now we're going to go on to this. The Sisterhood of Khan, keepers of the flame of utter boredom. Eternal life. That's the one. Mockers, if you will, but our elixir can trigger your regeneration, bring you back. Time Lord Science is elevated here on Khan. The change doesn't have to be random. Fat or thin, young or old, man or woman. Why would you do this for me? You have helped us in the past. You will have a big on gratitude. The war between the Daleks and the Time Lords threatens all reality. You are the only hope left. It's not my war. I will have no part of it. You can't ignore it forever. I help where I can. I will not fight. Because you are the good man, as you call yourself. I call myself the Doctor. It's the same thing in your mind. I'd like to think so. In that case, Doctor, attend your patient. And this is what Wikipedia says about Night of the Doctor. The Night of the Doctor is a mini-episode of the British science fiction television programme Doctor Who. It was made available on BBC iPlayer and YouTube on the 14th of November 2013 as part of the BBC One lead-up to the show's 50th anniversary special. It was written by Stephen Moffat and starred Paul McGann as the Doctor. The episode is set during the Time War and shows the previously unseen last moments of the 8th Doctor, McGann, and his artificially controlled regeneration into the War Doctor, John Hurt. It is McGann's second on-screen appearance as the Doctor, following his debut in the 1996 TV movie. Kenny, tell us about Night of the Doctor. Well, Night of the Doctor, what a surprise that was for many. Many had speculated that McGann might be involved in some way, but I don't think anybody thought we'd actually get to see this as actual regeneration story, even if it is a short one. And there's so much packed into this. We get the Doctor quickly established as a reluctant warrior on the verges of the Time War, not wanting to get a part, getting a part in it. And he's more interested in saving the little people as he is with Cass. But there's so much colour painted. You know, we're learning very quickly that the Time Lords are not seen as the good guys. They're seen as bad guys, just as bad as the Daleks. And we get to see the sisterhood of Karn, who, yes, we can identify them because we know who they are, but otherwise they seem like a bunch of old mystics old on the outside of the world. And the music used throughout is great, reusing old cues from Matt Smith episodes, but it just suits so perfectly. Building up to McGann, having his silly moments, I could do some knitting, that kind of thing. And you'll get, absolutely captures this flint tone that we get in the TV movie, the fact that he's no matter what's going on around him, he's not taking himself too seriously, whether it's bravado, who knows. And then building up to that regeneration, the fact that he gets to choose who he's going to be, it's, it's just so different. You do wonder who would the Doctor have become if he hadn't taken that portion. But I just absolutely love it, especially when we get the mentions of uh, Charlie, Keres, Lucy, Tamsin, Molly, friends, companions of them in the 8th Doctor audio series from Big Finish. So it's canonising it as well. Oh, which of course pleased me no end. In fact, just after this was first shown, I actually texted Conrad Westmass, and uh, who played Keres, and just say you've been canonised, and he, he texted back to say what? To just go home and check your computer, and then um, two hours later he's like, oh my god, which was quite nice. The fact that um, you know, it was a real surprise for him. Of course, Big Finish had known about it because. McGann wasn't sure at first whether he should do it or not, so he texted Nick Briggs to say, what do you think? And Nick was very much, uh, yes, do it. So <laughs> he went for it, and I'm just so glad that he did. 
I think it's opened up so many, obviously, avenues for big finish. As we get to see this reluctant warrior in the time war, we get... I just love it, in case you hadn't guessed. Sorry, I'm taking over completely here. Tom, what did you think? I did. You know, everyone loves it. You know, there's no point. You know, if I say I loved it, that's that's hardly breaking news. I think I, I, there are a couple of flaws in it, if I may suggest a couple. Well, at least one flaw. I, you know, the point of this was to convince us that the Doctor had stopped being not a pacifist, but he'd stopped being completely opposed to war and being an outsider and refusing to take part in it, and and how he changes his mind. But he changes his mind after the. After the crashes on Carl, and even as he's dying, he's still insisting to the head of the of the sisterhood that I'm no part of this war. I just won't take no part in it. Literally within 30 seconds, he doesn't just change his mind. He asks to become a warrior and to take part in a in a in the war in, in a way that is 180 degrees from the position he held less than a minute earlier. And I wasn't convinced that anything had happened except the argument of, you know, the, the, the sisterhood. And I wasn't convinced that that would have been enough for somebody who's hundreds of years old, committed to peaceful measures. And then suddenly, with, with really no explanation, he said, all oh, right, well, in that case, I'll just become a warrior. You know, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it was a great thing to have in the 50th anniversary, one of many um, things that we were treated to on television and on online that, that week, but I, I I wasn't convinced by that, I must admit. I, I thought that maybe what convinced them was the fact that he hadn't been able to save Cass. I think it maybe just been, you know, one one death too many, maybe. There is that point when, um, as Kenny said, when the, the absolute, you know, the whole, I mean, let's be honest, the whole thing was amazing. It was so mind-blowing. I remember I, I saw it on my lunch break. Where, where were we both in, where were we all in 2013? I was still an MP. Um, and campaigning in the Scottish independence referendum. That was taking up most of my time at, at that point. I was still at the Rutland Reformer, but we were based in Hamilton. And see, I actually knew this had been recorded, and it wasn't through Big Finish or anything like that, just um, other sources. So I knew this was going to drop at some time, but obviously I'm not going to ruin the surprise because I'm not, I'm not a spoiler. I don't believe in spoilering stuff for others. Quite right. Yeah. And I was watching it with my friend Jonathan, who I work with at the Reformers, a Doctor Who fan, and Bob, who's the editor of the Hamilton Advertiser, is a fan. And then I learned that it dropped. I was like, guys, do you want to come around here a minute? So, so and we put it on, and it was, um, it was just like, uh, just, just the look in their faces was great. And then it started buffering. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was great. It was really, really good to watch and really exciting to time. And just to have, you know, all the, obviously there are the naysayers who said, oh, McGann's not really the Doctor which absolutely showed you know, that he is, and the fact that people even now still cling to the hope give us a Paul McGann miniseries. He's so you good. You never know. I mean, I was I had just started at the Chimney Glasgow Fort and was on my lunch and remember watching it with um, a guy called Paul who became you know, a very good friend very soon after. Um, and this, the, the scene, the McGann, we always say it's our, it was our first day, was when the McGann clip popped up. I'd heard rumours over the summer that, that Paul had filmed something, you know, for for the 50th anniversary story. But then, of course, it, it, you know, it, it kind of appeared on Twitter. You know, I think I think on his birthday actually, which was really exciting. I mean, like to get back to what it was making, there is there is that moment when the, the Doctor lists some of the big Finnish companions, and the thing that struck me at the time was that um, Molly had only really just appeared in one story. I think at that point, when the first Dark Eyes box, which we should really we should really talk about in the podcast one day. 
And subsequent sort of developments with the character, I thought it was very interesting that the Doctor Min listed the five people that he did, because you know these characters, you know, all shared as far as the Doctor was concerned, all sort of shared the same fate. So that was even a get out for all the supplementary media combines we haven't mentioned. But it was just, oh, it was amazing. it was amazing seeing him back, you know, because he had the costume which riffed on what he wore in the TV TV movie at the same basic sort of, you know sort of silhouette and look, you know, the coat was brilliant, the boots were amazing. Paul McGann is the coolest man to play the Doctor, there's no two ways about it, but he just made it look effortless. And it was like such an exciting little scene, I mean, it raised this, you know, as a, as a sort of curtain raiser before the, the 50th anniversary episode, you know, the following week, it was, it was amazing, I mean, it was such an exciting time at that point. And it was, you know, all changed from when Dimensions and Time had been, you know, had been on 20 years earlier, you know? It was completely different and it was, it was so cool. Of all the praise you could heap on Night of the Doctor, Davy, to say that it was better than Dimensions in Time is, <laughs> is talk about damning with faint praise. But I think, you know, contextually, you look at yeah, that, that. I mean, that's what I mean. It's like yeah, this is it's completely different landscape. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. It was it was you know we were still in the, you know in the golden age at that point. You know, everybody was anticipating David Tennant coming back and wondering what we're going to find out about John Hart and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, to get the McGann thing was a bonus. I mean, I remember it was strongly rumoured throughout the whole of Peter Capaldi's first series that there was going to be a McGann guest appearance. I'm not sure if, there's been ever, if, that was ever, if that was ever true or not. A lot of people talked about it, but I have no idea, you know, what they were basing that on. That's something that people still cling to. I mean, it'd be amazing to see, but, you know, I think at the moment it's probably past, but, you know, it was struggling. Yeah, but could, I think I could talk about Night of the Doctor all day. I mean, it was just like a, it was like a bomb. And it was, there were so many good things around the 50th anniversary, and, and you know, that was definitely one of them. My disappointment at going to see the Day of the Doctor in the cinema was they didn't show Night of It beforehand. Yeah. Because I thought Night of the Doctor would be quite a good lead-in. Obviously, we've got the Strax film and such like. That would have been such a good thing to show beforehand. See, I remember reading something at one point that said they weren't sure exactly how it was going to be used. They weren't sure if it was going to be included in the main Day of the Doctor storyline, but then it was decided that they would release it separately. And I remember hearing that it was released a little bit earlier than originally planned because someone was going to leak it. I prefer the fact that it was released separately, you know, because I think if it had been, it would have just been one more nugget in the main, you know, in the main, the main programme, but the fact that we've got to stand separate, it's all just made it so much more special. And it was great hearing Paul McGann talking about it, and, you know, and relishing the fact that he was, he'd got that validation for his, his doctor and, and, it, and it gave the big finish stuff a real boost as well. I wanted to ask, uh, this is particularly aimed at Kenny, I suppose, because it's a big finish question. The whole point of the Doctor becoming the War Doctor is that he behaves in a way that's incompatible with the Doctor and his outlook on life. Yeah. But I, I And I haven't listened to many of the, the Time War episodes. I've only listened to, I think, the first one that John Hurt made. And there was nothing in it that wasn't completely compatible with any doctor that preceded him, preceded him. Um, you know, he fought the good fight, he saved people, you know. It, it seems to me, unless you're going to have him perform really morally dubious actions, then there's no point in having this war doctor at all, and there's no point in Big Finish continuing that story, unless within those stories he's killing people, and he's doing stuff that he would never, That's never have done as a doctor. Now, do you tell me, does it develop along those lines? Well, in the first set, you do get in killing innocent people. There are people who are in, yeah. in the subterranean drilling vessels going yeah. into the heart of the planet. Right. And the doctor just, well, the not doctor, 
he presses the button to kill them. Ah, right, which okay. Which no other doctor would have done. It's been a while since I listened to he does that kind of ruthless thing that the others would never have done, and he does push that button because he knows it's for the greater good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember reading. I think the BS original plans had, you know, for what they wanted to do with John Hurt Doctor. There was a bit of feedback from from the BBC. You know, you can't make him quite as ruthless as you like. Debatable, you know. Yeah, kind of pointless. The whole this of the War Doctor is he is still the same man, but less so. He's he does have more dark edges to him. And he will go a bit further if he needs to, because you look at even the Doctor reluctant to destroy the Daleks, whereas in um, the very first story, the Innocent, we've got the War Doctor, the finished story, we've got him using the Dalek Time Destructor, and it's mm-hmm. and he's got absolutely no qualms about detonating it. Yeah. So there is a there is a more ruthless edge there. I think that's us for this week, uh, for this episode. Any other thoughts? Night of the Doctor, is something that. If I'm sort of tired before bed and I'm thinking, oh, I've not got a full 25 minutes of awakeness left and I've only got like 10 minutes, then I will happily put on Night of the Doctor again and again. I think I watched the Night of the, Night of the Doctor about 50 times in the, in the lead up to the 50th yeah. anniversary special. It was so good. Yeah, that's fair enough. Well, that's a good way to end it. So thank you for listening so far. And thank you to Kenny. Thanks, Tom. And thank you to Debbie. Tom, you're very welcome. It's my absolute pleasure. Take care, everyone. See you again soon, folks.